Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and today Ben and I are talking all things social media management and how to get over some of the challenges that you will face as a social media manager. Trust me, there are a lot of them, and we have been through all of them, so we are going to give you our top tips. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and if you have any questions yourself about the challenges that you are facing as a social media manager, let us know over on Instagram and our Facebook group, and we are here to help. Let's dive right into that episode. Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I'm Mackenzie, and I'm joined by lovely Ben. How are you doing, lovely Ben? I am fantastic. Equally lovely Mackenzie. How are you doing? Ooh, I'm good today. I just keep reading way too much stuff on the internet, but I... It's equally as frustrating, equally as exciting, equally as everything when it comes to social media. <laughs> yeah, it's, I feel like we're definitely at, at that point with social media where it's like it's things are always, always changing and you don't know how to feel about it anymore. You're like, am I happy? Am I sad? I don't even know. It's all blurred. <laughs> no, it's the same thing. <laughs> well, and then I was like, try, I was scrolling through Twitter today because that's where I get most of my social media news. And it's been so long since Instagram has released anything. And I'm really scared. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, now that you mention it, that's true. Yeah, I don't know what they're... They're going to drop something big soon. I just have a feeling. It's just been too many weeks of silence from Mosseri. But he's in London right now. Oh, my. I haven't seen that guy in weeks. <laughs> I just thought about that. That is great news and, and concerning. Yeah, he's not sitting on his chair with his, like, chain necklace and, like, his glasses going... Vibing out. Blue. Here I am. Instagram. <laughs> yes. Instagram with his hands. So yes, I'm just, I'm nervous. I'm nervously waiting for whatever they're going to do next. Yeah. I think we're all in the same boat. So luckily we're in this together. It's true. Well, let's get started with flex tips. Yeah. Break it down. That's it. The best part of this is the fact that I am at my working space today so i really hope that people can hear me sing that to you <laughs> i hope they can too because they just got a little workday treat but the tip for this week is one that anybody can use whether it's you or your client and that is just simply to mix in more personal content or if that's not possible mix in personal details in value-driven content and so an example of this is that i, I recently posted a vlog of, of one of the people that I work with, and it had a ton of awesome feedback from just sharing a personal story with a little bit of a message behind it. It doesn't have to do with much with my business all that much or the content that I typically make, and it was very well received. And then even beyond that, for including just personal details, I'm a huge sports fan. And in particular, I'm a big Michigan football fan and a Jacksonville Jaguars football fan. <laughs> and I have gotten numerous clients or brand deals from people that reached out to me and they said the primary reason they chose me over other options were those little stupid details like I'm a Michigan fan or I'm a Jaguars fan. And I cannot tell you how often that's happened and it's only possible because I put those things out there. And I think we also underestimate how nosy people are for one and two, how how we really want to be connected even with the people that we work with. And so if you give that opportunity for someone to know you and connect with you, that's fantastic. And there's always say that people buy from people they know, like, and trust. From just value content, they can like and trust you. But until they know you, you don't have that trifecta. They can get way less likely to be effective. So mix in personal stuff. Absolutely. I love following people who actually show like behind the scenes or how they make different products and just like kind of giving some information about themselves. Mm -hmm. There's a candle company 
that called Evil Queen. And she does a really great job of showing like the behind the scenes of her candles, but also showcases her entire team every single time, like on reels. She'll be like, this is Kylie's, this is Natalie. And like, I feel more connected and I feel like I'm part of the brand because like she shows the real personalities and like the actual people behind the team. So I think that's such a good tip. Yeah, it's impossible not to feel connected once we feel like we know someone. It's this weird flaw we have as human beings. So you may as well <laughs> take advantage of it from every point of view. You, to, you might make some new friends. You might get some new clients. Who knows? Absolutely. I love it. Well, today, before we get into our overarching topic that we have for the day, I wanted to talk to you about Kanye West, <laughs> Mr. Wow. Yee himself, <laughs> because... I think, was it this week? It was either this week or last week. He is now buying Parler, yes. which is that social media app that's like all about freedom of speech. Yep. And I just want to know what you think. <laughs> yeah. So that's a diff, much like anything with Kanye, it's a very layered <laughs> question. Yes. I downloaded the app after I found out. So yeah, I did. I had not downloaded it before. And after hearing about the acquisition, I went and downloaded it just to see. And I do think that the app has a, a long way to go. It's like people will say, oh, Kanye has a huge following. He'll make this pop. But there's a huge difference in the commitment of people's time versus people their money. Like As, as much as it's funny, people, people don't think about their money in terms of time. It, and so mm-hmm. what I mean by that is like people will go buy a sweater for $500 and not think about how much time they just traded for that. But with their actual yeah. time, they're constantly presented with alternatives. So it's very hard to get people to change their behavior. So... And I'm very curious to see if this has any sort of impact or change on the business of Parler. But I was intrigued at the very least and I downloaded it. So is it an app where you, oh, I honestly, I just know like it's a freedom of speech app. Like you are allowed to say whatever you want to say on that platform. That's great. I haven't downloaded it. Is it a paid subscription? Is no. It a paid app? My understanding is that it's a free to use. I, I, I can go, I'll grab my phone and we'll walk through it. One second. It's a free app, obviously. And basically every other social media platform, you create your username. But beyond that, it, it looked very similar to an early Facebook is how I would coin it. Like there's okay. there's, there's content on there. Uh, it looks pretty basic in its design. I think there's a lot of opportunity to improve it. But it's just very basic, like I'd say a hybrid Twitter, Facebook kind of thing, content thrown at your face. So you've got this, we've got Vero, which is still kind of not taking off. I remember when Vero launched in 2018 and like, Everybody downloaded it. And then I recently re-downloaded it just to kind of see what's going on over there because I've heard so many photographers say, let's leave Instagram. Let's all download Vero. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just give it a go again. Nobody's doing anything over there. But I think Vero is such a cool platform. Like it has the ability to be really, really cool if people are on it. I don't see a lot of people, and we've talked about this before, I just don't see a lot of people going on to more apps or downloading more apps because they think we're app fatigued. For sure. And and like there's a saying from, I think it's Jay-Z, men lie, women lie. <laughs> let's say, let's throw in people lie. But uh, <laughs> n- numbers don't. And people pay with their time, like we've said already. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just proof that like video and whatnot is just, it's a more immersive experience so like as much as people may want photo i think even the people that say they want photo if they were to really look at their screen time i'm sure they're spending more time consuming video i'd be willing to bet 
that's the case for like 80 plus percent of people. Anytime I go on Instagram now and I'll scroll the feed just a little bit and I still don't have reels like on my feed, like because I don't engage with reels on my feed. Yeah. But I'll be on there for just like maybe a few seconds and then I immediately am like, okay, well, now I'm going to watch people's stories and then I'll just go through stories for like half an hour. Yeah, I, I know. So I just finally got parlor up here now. And so, yeah. so I guess they call posts parlays. <laughs> so echoes, I think, are replied or maybe they're re-parlays. Re so you can hide echoes. I'm just looking at the main feed. And then there's subscriptions. So I assume that's who you follow. Uh, I haven't followed anyone. And then they also have a discover, so like a like a browse or suggested feed. Like an explore page. Exactly. And then your notifications, and then you can search for people. So it's, it is social media. You know what I mean? Like they're all yeah. doing the same basic thing in their own way. And I'd say this is similar. Looking at it now, I'd say it might even resemble more of Twitter. That's interesting. So yeah. I wonder how this is going to compete with Elon as Elon officially takes over Twitter. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's very Twitter-esque. So it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Twitter has the far stronger brand and the user base, yes. but... Yes. And I can't see, like, because these platforms are all built off of the masses hanging out there. I don't think there's enough people that really care that much about free speech. Like, of course, they do. They get up in arms for a, for a few minutes and then they, they move on to the next thing. We very much have shiny object syndrome, even about the things that we're super <laughs> mad about. We're like, ah, and then everyone, and then we just tire ourselves shiny out. Object. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then we're done. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, It'd be interesting to see if they could come over and take some of Twitter's market share, but I think they have a lot of work to do. Absolutely. And I don't think enough people, like, yeah, obviously people love Kanye and they have definitely been fascinated. That's the only word I can use right now about the things that he's been posting everywhere. So I feel like it's just going to be a small portion of those people that are going to probably download it and see what's going on, but I don't see it taking off. No, and that's actually also, we've talked about this so many times, but that's kind of concerning. If all of a specific type of person are on there, like that for groupthink and also confirmation bias, like that could be 100%. potentially problematic. So yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then Jack Dorsey of Twitter, he announced today that there is a new app that him. Like, I think he's not developing it, but he is part of the team that's developing it. And it is called At Proto. Okay. And I'm curious about what this is going to be just because there's only like a landing page and you can't download anything. They're just completely like at the start of the social media, but they're calling it Federated Social. So connect with anyone on any service that's using the App Proto protocol. Um, you get algorithmic choice, control how you see the world through an open market of algorithms and affordable accounts, which means that you can change hosts without losing your content, your followers, or your identity. So I'm wow. very curious about, one, what a Fediverse is, like federated social media. I'm not completely sure what that means. Yeah, that's news to me as well. So I'll be really interested. I think it's just open source marketing, um, social media marketing. Okay. But I need to look into that more. But yeah, that, that was just announced today. There, You can join the waitlist to be part of it, just to kind of see where it's at. I just joined the waitlist today so I can kind of stay on top of it and we can talk about it some more once it gets released. Yeah, no, that would be fascinating. Again, people keep talking about the need for new social media apps. Well, we have them aplenty and I think we're getting a little fatigued on like, which platform should we be on? Which one is going to be the next one? Is there going to be a next one? Is, are 
Or are we going to be sticking to just Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook until the end of time? And TikTok, obviously. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think that'll be the case. I think there will be new players. And we also have like this hindsight bias where we'll look back and be like, oh, it's so obvious they lost. <laughs> but at the time, <laughs> we, we couldn't believe that they were going to lose. So yeah, I, I think there'll be other players. I'm fascinated to see how they innovate. For me, just bring back MySpace. That's all I want. <laughs> bring back MySpace, top eight friends, and maybe Tumblr. I would love to be a Tumblr girly again. Yeah, I'd love that for you. All right. Well, on to today's main topic. We are going to be talking about the hardest part about being in social media, being a social media manager, kind of controlling a brand's content online, and me and Ben's top tips on some of the hardest things and like how you can kind of overcome those tough moments because social media is really hard and a lot of people just don't understand how hard and complicated it is. And if you're looking for a job in social media and you're even just like starting out, this is going to be really helpful for you and also helpful for you to kind of tell the person hiring you why you deserve more money. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, we'll just give them like a base salary and it's fine because it's just social media. It's so easy and it's really not. Yeah. Non-social media people have no idea like the complexity of things, how difficult it is to be effective at things and also how many things there are to know. So your understanding of how much you're actually doing and how much you actually know can really help you position yourself to likely get compensated more because you probably deserve it. Exactly. So one of the biggest things, and I know I have trouble with this sometimes, is staying up to date on the latest trends. Obviously, social media changes all the time. Memes change all the time. Trends change all the time. I think Negroni, Spagliato, and Prosecco is like the newest trend right now because of a random HBO interview. (laughs) That sound is absolutely everywhere. And I think it's one of those things that you have to take at least like five to 10 minutes, I take it up to an hour every day, kind of scrolling through social media and trying to figure out what's like the newest thing, what's the newest meme, what's going to be the next hot thing. And I think that can be so hard to just like spend the time to focus on that because there's so many other things that you can be doing during your day. But I think it's incredibly important just to like stay on top of that. Yeah, it's, it's a near must with how fast things move if you want to take advantage of them. It's you got to be engaging in in social listening and doing so deliberately. So whether that's 20 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, whatever's reasonable for you, making that a practice and then getting in and getting out, I think it's important as well. So like understand the intention of why you're there, actually find those things. And once you have, (laughs) you can go on forever and you can convince yourself like, oh, this is kind of trending. So I think get what you're looking for and, and also what helps you do what you need to get done and then use that, but definitely take advantage of what's being shown to you because usually what you should be doing is right in front of you. Exactly. I try to pick like three to five things that are trending currently and then narrowing it down to maybe two to three Mm -hmm. that I know that the brand can do really well and that is actually on topic for the brand because you don't want to do a meme or create some content that's going to, one, take it's time-consuming to create content, but two, doesn't really go with your brand. Mm -hmm. And because people are going to be like, well, I get that they're trying to make this meme, but what does this actually have to do with their brand voice, their company, anything like that? So it's just going to feel awkward if you're doing something that doesn't, isn't on brand. Yeah, absolutely. And I think understanding what 
what your brand is and who the people are you're trying to reach is really, really, really important too. Because if say you're reaching a super niche people that aren't likely going to know these trends in and out, you may be wasting your own time, like spending a ton of time learning them if, if it won't hit with them, right? I think that's more important is understanding who you're trying to reach and then how you can do that most effectively leveraging things that may be trending and, and making it in a way that's still speaking your audience's language. Absolutely. I think another big one that I constantly struggle with is originality mm. there's so much content online that it's so easy for it just, just like seep into your brain and you accidentally copy somebody or you think oh that's a really cool idea i'm going to do that as well and i think trying to come up with original ideas for your own social media can be really really complicated so i'm curious what you do for originality yeah so that's a freaking phenomenal point and plus as these platforms get to levels of saturation the original will, will go to the top and only that will win so it, it's becoming very much a land grab of all or nothing there's far less people that are doing mediocre like there's way less of that it's either extremes and originality is usually the one constant for people that are really really winning and i have two tips for you there regardless of your situation first it would be to experiment and not care so much about every post over post performance as we get farther and farther away from this following-based feed and it's more interest-based feeds, you're not going to be penalized from every performance. You're going to have the luxury of every piece of content being viewed independently, which gives you the freedom to be a lot more creative and experimental without worrying about the potential impact on your reach, your followers, and audience fatigue. So experiment, 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 and don't go crazy in, on yourself and, and be super sad if it doesn't get views. <laughs> and, and so really experiment a ton. And I think experiment with things that are also going to help you out. So if you can build an original series, that's going to help you out tremendously because you just made something that's original. It's unique to you, but it's also repeatable. So you don't have to create something could totally unique every time, but it's unique because it's you, you made it. And secondly, is this tip that I saw from a book that I had read previously, but I saw it in use through a very popular YouTuber that blew up in the past two years and his name's Jake Tran. And so he makes these basically video essays about e commerce and eco the economy, things like that. But he mixes in pop culture videos and memes and all that stuff really cohesively into an awesome package. And how we found out this idea was from a book called Blue Ocean. And so basically it is how everyone's competing in, in these red oceans. So they're like blood infested waters of a ton of competition but you can manufacture your own blue ocean, meaning there's no competition, by potentially blending things that are working in, say, two different red oceans, and you just created your own blue ocean. So he saw that people love That's video cool. essays. They love learning about business, but nobody was doing that together. So him, he created no competition through co combining two proven things, merging them together. He now is he now is Jake Tran, and anybody else who tries to do that, they're, they're Jake Tran wannabes. And, and it actually gets, there's tons of them that have popped up since then. And so that kind of opportunity, he didn't reinvent the wheel. He just took two and put them on a bike, right? So like that's, that's the difference. That's it. I mean, you just need one idea that's just a little bit different than everybody else's and that's making it your own. Yeah. And taking inspiration from things that are maybe outside of your immediate zone of genius can be very, very effective. If you can get, develop the analytical mind of, not just what worked, but why it worked. Because if you can get to the deeper psychological reasons behind that, you can take the general principles and then apply it on your strategy for who you're trying to reach. That's such a good point. I think for the next one, I 
it took me a long time to actually really nail this for myself is like targeting the exact right platforms and audiences on each of those platforms. When I was just doing freelance social media at the beginning, I was just like, they need to be on every single account and every single account has the exact same audience. And I wasn't separating each of the accounts in my head. So I had a wedding client and I was like, you need to be on Facebook. You need to be on Instagram. You need to be on Twitter. And then this was like when I was first starting out as like a young social media manager. And then the older I got and the more experience I got, I was like, wait a second. This person has a very specific niche. Her niche is wedding. Who is on wedding? Like what platform should she be on? She should be on Pinterest. She should be on Instagram. She should have the occasional Facebook post, but her main audience is going to be on Pinterest. And so kind of gaining that information and building off of that, like her Pinterest boards and like all that kind of stuff skyrocketed. She had a huge audience on Pinterest, which translated into more followers on Instagram because we linked everything to her Instagram, which led to more clients coming to her through her website. So I think nailing down exactly what social media accounts your clients need to be on because nobody needs to be on everything. It's just, first of all, it's really hard. It's really time consuming to be on every single platform. And because you want to have original content or at least tweaked content on each of those platforms, you don't want every single thing to be exactly the same. But also your audience is going to be different on every single one of these platforms. You've got the quote unquote boomers over on Facebook. You've got millennials on Instagram and you've got Gen Z and millennials on TikTok. So each of those audiences are completely different and how you speak to them is going to be completely different. So I think really nailing down who your audience is and which platforms they need to be on is so important as a social media manager. Yeah, I was just shaking my head for a few minutes straight because I think that's one of the biggest issues right now in our space. And I think a lot of it has to do with people, I, I love Gary Vee, but like Gary Vee, who always was like, you need to be everywhere, repurpose this, repurpose that. And I think that is actually awful advice, like God awful advice. Because much like I just said earlier, when it's so saturated, only a few select people win. You cannot possibly expect to win with repurposed content that's not optimized for the platform you're trying to win on. Like you just like think yeah. logically about the person who's consuming on that platform. Why would they click your content when it's a half-hearted package of something that you actually tried to make it? So I think you're way better served to absolutely dominate on one platform. Understand that inside and out because you can win so big. And if you look at people who transcend like everything and they're massive everywhere, it's because they won one platform so well. All of them. D'Amelio, Charlie D'Amelio, TikTok. Mr. Beast, he only focused on YouTube. Now he can win anywhere. Like there's tons of people. People have done it on Twitter. People have done it on IG. The Kardashians did it on IG. And like that is the way to do it. And you're also going to make yourself way less crazy when you only focus on one platform and you're actually going to improve all of the other platforms because of how big you, you can make things and how much you can build momentum. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, focus, focus, focus know your audience, know your platforms, and just build from there. It's so important. Yeah. One caveat to that, though, I would say is that if you're already creating, say, short-form vertical, vertical content, you're very fortunate that now you you can repurpose that very easily. And so if it's not going to take yep. you barely any more effort, then of course do it. We're more referring to feeling like you need to be an expert and highly present on each of these. That's more what we're referring because if you do that, 
that's a recipe to madness and uh, you're going to get burnt out. So definitely take the low hanging fruit where it's there, but uh, don't drive yourself nuts. And I think building off of that though, is like just managing and growing your different accounts in an ever-changing environment is so complicated and hard to do. And I know a lot of the social media managers that we personally work with on at Slick, they're all so concerned right now about growing on Instagram because it's been such a slow growth process recently. Mm-hmm. So what kind of advice would you give somebody who's like, how do I grow? How do I manage in something that's constantly changing on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so I'm going to give two pieces of advice, and they're kind of going to be conflicting. So you have to <laughs> appreciate the nuance. And I think if I can give any tip for anybody in social media is understanding the importance of nuance and like how much understanding your situation and your audience really matters for any piece of advice you get. So the first piece I would give is to study what's currently working. When I used to grow Instagram theme pages, I would do that all the time. I would go to my Discover page and see the kind of things that are working. And so say if I was in a particular niche, like for example, I was a, I used to make theme pages around specific TV shows or whatever. I would go look at my competition and look for ones that were outliers because I guarantee you somebody is currently winning. And so if somebody in your niche is winning, go see the little things that they're doing differently. And one example of this that I can give you is I was repurposing video content from a TV show and a bunch of other pages weren't growing and one was growing like crazy. All they did was have subtitles. That was the only difference between them and everyone else. And they were winning so much. So like look for those little things and it might be that subtle. So having developing an eye for those little things will give you a ton of help. And then so the second piece of advice, which is kind of conflicting, is originality. And so like I'm like take <laughs> the elements that are working for other people and how can you do that your own way? Because the ultimate algorithm killer or like making it a that irrelevant is when people connect with you and they really, really deeply connect with you. And that can only happen through original content where you make it the way that you want it. And so like a lot of even my personal brand, we're doing a lot more purely original based content in the coming months, because I know that for the the things that I want to achieve, like they have to, they have to ride with me. And and we haven't done a good enough job of that because I simply haven't shared much about me. So I've had content that's driven numbers, but they don't know me, which doesn't give me nearly the kind of leverage that I could have. So I think those are the two tips that I would give. And then you kind of become algorithm proof. I also, I think it kind of correlates back to like our first thing that we were talking about is like staying up to date on all of the trends and knowing what these new features are going to be and just staying on top of all that because that's how you can kind of mold and change and something that's always changing on a day-to-day basis. But always being up to date on this is going to be so helpful. 100%. And it's really the name of the game. And I think understanding that's constantly going to be an evolving process it makes it a little easier to digest because it just becomes the new normal. Yeah. I know a lot of people, when they first get into social media, they're thinking it's going to be so easy. It's going to be like straight shot. And you get into it and you're like, oh, wait, this was different yesterday. And now it's this today. No, that's not what I'm used to. I'm used to this and I want to stick to this. And it's not like that. And this kind of really goes well into our next thing is tweaking your strategy and knowing how to tweak on the fly because you're going to need to do it. It's so important. And like I've been in social media for a fair amount of time now across different platforms too. And the biggest thing that you need to never do is fall in love with something that worked once and think that's what's going to work all the time. Because I've seen so many people, whether it be people that I've worked with or 
interacted with on about YouTube channels or Instagram pages, they couldn't let go of what wasn't working because they yeah. had associated success and also their success with that strategy. So they held onto it so tight. It's like, it's not working anymore. Like change it up. And, like, and, and these platforms, they evolve and that's their goal is to evolve. So for one off example is where YouTube search engine optimization used to be so straightforward. Now it's sophisticated enough where there's an intent based part of it too. So a lot of people that I see out there are still doing SEO the exact same way that worked 10 years ago and they're not winning and they wonder why. And it's because it's changed. It's evolved. So you too have to evolve your understanding and don't get so attached to a method that worked once because it may stop working tomorrow. Mm, Seriously. Yeah. Honestly, like think of just Instagram in the past year alone, like carousel posts are still doing well, but they're not doing as well as they used to. Reels started off really, really strongly. And now they're kind of like stagnating a bit. And it's all about just tweaking and changing and learning and just digesting as much information and also looking at what your competitors are doing mm. and seeing what are working for your competitors and kind of tweak your strategy according accordingly because yeah. it's not always going to be the same. Something that happened a year ago is not going to be the same kind of results that you're going to get today. I love the example you gave of carousels because a year and a half, two years ago, those were everything maybe just before the pandemic but yeah around there they were everything so many people had carousel courses all the accounts that were growing like crazy were doing through carousels and so if you're not forward looking you may lose out on the opportunity because you can't pivot because that's all you were so like even those accounts that blew up because of carousels because they only did that they left themselves in a very vulnerable position where now a lot of them are trying to pivot and they were so invested in that they didn't know what to do and so you're seeing a lot of people with 100k plus followers that, that like aren't posting or they're getting like no engagement because they didn't roll with the punches and they were so reliant on that. So that's a very dangerous position to be in. It's a lot like investing. You wouldn't put every dollar you have into one asset class where you, you probably shouldn't. And yeah. like the same, it's the same sort of thing. Like diversify your own connection with your audience and the kind of content you create. Absolutely. I think this, again, they're all just like going really well with the other. Staying inspired. Mm. I find this really hard to do, especially when you're constantly looking at social media and you're looking at other people's accounts. And it's just like, sometimes it's just so overwhelming. There's so much content and you get burnt out on content. Yes. And this, it happens. It happens all the time. But I think when, for me personally, when I am not feel like I'm feeling so uninspired, I will take a day off of social, all social media. I make my entire phone black and white so there's like no color on my phone so I'm not actively engaging and take a day off touch some grass outside (laughs) and kind of just think about stuff that I like and inspires me and just kind of giving yourself some time away from it and then coming back to it and you I promise you you'll come up with new ideas and just like walking around you'll be like oh my gosh this would be like a really cool idea or oh my gosh I didn't even think about this talking to friends seeing what they like to engage with people who aren't on social media, people who don't even work in social media, ask them what they like to engage with, ask them to scroll through their phone and scroll through their feeds. I do this all the time with my friends. I'll be like, Hey, can I see your phone really quick? And I'll just like start scrolling through their Instagrams, their saved posts, their things that they've shared with friends. And it's such a fascinating insight into what quote unquote, normal people, I say normal people, people who aren't in social media into like what they like and what they're consuming. Yeah, that's, those are both phenomenal tips. And that's, 
anybody who creates content for any length of time, that's going to be something you're going to have to battle. So figuring out what works for you is really important. Two things that I've found very helpful with that is don't fight your feelings. And so what I mean by that is much like Mackenzie just said, where some days you're not feeling it, then if you don't have to, don't force yourself to make those days a creation day. But then when you are inspired, get ahead, right? Like batch, create, be roll with the punches, be fired up and make that something that you can have as insurance policy for later. Definitely do that. And then also a huge thing that I've found for me and because I'm like four or five years into my content creation journey <laughs> and I'm in a very, I have a very fortunate like problem of it solved basically all the, the problems that I came to it with. And so once you have that, everyone thinks like, oh, if you have these views, like then you'll be happy and whatnot. But I can promise you that that's not it. You eventually you get stale of basically anything. So occasionally creating some content where you just say, screw the algorithm. I want to make this is a great way to rejuvenate yourself. And it may even be a piece of content that really resonates. So I think these few things we mentioned, figuring out the package that works best for you is so important for making this sustainable. And that's how you almost guarantee success is if you make this sustainable. This is actually a really great segue. Again, we're just killing it with these segues and these transitions. It's like we do this every week or something. (laughs) (laughs) But kind of like your point of like when you actually feel inspired, create as much content as possible. As Mm. possible, creating content is so freaking time consuming. And when I've worked with clients in the past, they're like, oh, can you just like do this really quick? Like, no, I can't. I'm sorry, but I can't. Like, it's going to take me a few hours to do this, especially if you want quality over quantity, which is what you need in social media. And I, the amount of time I've spent on making social media pages like look really great and people just thinking, oh, that just like you just took five minutes to post that photo and like write a caption, look at hashtags and post it, right? That just took you five minutes. I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's all. That's all it took. <laughs> Yeah. And that's on you as a social media person, like part of the job as, as annoying as it is, is to really illustrate how much goes into it, not just the actual work, mm-hmm. everything that came into it. And we've used this analogy in episodes previously, but say when you go to a doctor, you're not paying for the doctor's time, you're paying for all the time they put into school, learning. Like, like so you are the expert here and all these little decisions that you can make, even if it's a two second decision for you, that's a five-year-in-the-making, two-second decision, yes. right? And so you yes. deserve to be compensated for that. And then another piece that I would say, which is kind of like playing devil's advocate here, is sometimes as, a, as social media people, we do overthink and overcomplicate things that we don't need to. And they could actually be hurting our performance. And so I've run into that where yeah. I was getting our editing team to over-edit videos. And it was actually having a negative impact on performance while taking them more time. So I do think there is some place for experimenting with like, do I really need this extra half an hour of work? Does it actually change? Does it actually move the needle? And you will be surprised by some things that you were certain was the reason for your success (laughs) that was almost irrelevant. And I've had that epiphany moment multiple times. And then I've been able to adjust my process to make it far more scalable. Absolutely. And even sometimes, and this is just something that I've just come to my head, there's sometimes when you spend so much time on a reel or a TikTok video and you are swear up and down. It's going to go viral. You're going to get that million views. And then you post it and you get two comments, maybe 10 likes, and it goes absolutely nowhere. And then the reels or TikTok that you spent maybe two minutes on that you thought was the stupidest thing you've ever done in your life goes viral. So, so true. there's no real formula to 
like what's going to hit and what's going to resonate with people. And as time consuming as social media can be, sometimes it can just be on the fly. So try not to like get so down on yourself. <laughs> Something is taking a lot of time and it doesn't do as well because it's all it's all algorithmic based. It's all just on the <laughs> We're just all trying our best here, guys. Yeah, don't get attached <laughs> to the numbers either way, to, and and take as much of a macro look at this as possible, so that you don't so you don't get attached to it. And definitely, I think live by the rule of just post it. Of course, have a screening process, but like, but like, <laughs> don't overthink it. If there's something you want to say and it makes sense, say it. Like for example, I've had super highly produced content of mine that may get eight thousand, ten thousand views, which is okay, but like not for the size of, my, of the followers we have, and then. I literally made a video complaining about something and it got 200,000 yeah. views. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I literally did this in 60 seconds and that other video took us hours. So my, yeah, definitely listen to Mackenzie there because I've, I've lived that before as well. <laughs> We've all lived that life. One of the biggest complaints that I've had in the past and that I'm working on now is the fact that as a social media manager or just like working in social in general, you wear so many freaking hats in this job. There's so many. You are a PR person. You're a content creator. You're a copywriter. You're an analyst. You're a community manager. And it gets so freaking overwhelming sometimes. And one of my tips that I had to learn throughout the years is which one I want to focus on for the day. Because I can get so easily distracted by, oh, I'm going to create this content. Oh, I see somebody just like commented on something. Let me quickly like respond to their comment. Oh, I see somebody DM'd us. Let me quickly respond to this DM. And some days it, it's just that's too much to do at once. And you're not actually accomplishing one task that you've set out for yourself. So instead of wearing all the hats every single day, wear one hat each day. Mm. So on Monday go through all your DMs, go through all your comments, engage with your people, do all of that, and then set a day for content creation. Hey, today I feel inspired, so I'm going to batch create all this content. Another day, figure out your schedule for the week of what you're going to be posting, write your captions, all that. So like, give yourself something to do each day and don't try to do everything every single day. That is a life-saving tip if you're a solo business owner. And the other way that you can go about it, which is something that I did as well, is like if, if there's some aspects that you know you have to do, but you truly hate them, you can outsource <laughs> that stuff too. And so that's what I started yes. to do big time was I looked at all the areas that were involved with the business and, and was like, what do I enjoy? And what am I so good at that I'd be very hard pressed to find someone else that I could even pay to do what I'm doing. And I try to only do those things when possible. And so you can either do that through hiring people or you can partner up with people. Like there's so many forums and groups like our Facebook group where you can go find people that work in social. And you may find someone who's a phenomenal caption or copywriter and they love that part. Maybe you can partner with them and then you only focus on the content creation piece. And then you now have two people in your superhero squad doing a, delivering a way <laughs> better product, only doing things you like, bringing people better results and, and you're enjoying it. So yeah, I think that's super, super important to try to be strategic where you can with your time and, and then planning things as well. Absolutely. And then kind of the last one that I want to talk about, because this again goes into the last thing that we just mentioned, is if you don't have the money to outsource, sometimes it can be really, really hard because a lot of social media doesn't have a budget. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of people that you work with don't have the budget for social media and they're really not seeing why they need a budget for anybody to come do their social media channels. And so I just want to say to you people, to all of you freelancers, social media managers, agencies out there, that you don't need a huge budget to work with in social media to make it a really good platform. You can start off small, show them what your client or the business that you're working with, show them why you're needed. And then from there, when you grow their account, be like, explain to them, this is why you need money in social media. This is why you need to focus on social media. I've had to train, and I know we've mentioned this before, like you shouldn't have to show people why you're needed. But there are a lot of businesses out there that still don't understand. And if you're working with somebody who doesn't understand and you really want to work with this person, just show them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then once they, they register in their head, like, oh, you know what? This is what we need. We are getting clients in. We are getting people to our website. We are getting things bought from, like, people are buying from us. Then they'll see the needs for your services. Yeah. And that's a phenomenal point. And I love how, we both approach the same problems in like different ways. It, it provides <laughs> great perspectives because I think maybe it's just to do with I'm less of a patient person. So I, I, I took a totally different approach where I was like, oh, I need to sell you on this. Done. I'm going to go somewhere else yep. where, I, where they already believe in this. So I don't have to have that part of the equation. But I think that you are super right. And that approach, I think, is more timely now than when I was just starting my business because I think the narrative is changing and more and more businesses are realizing it's not a luxury, it's a must at this point. And it might just be that little bit of education that Mackenzie just referred to and the proof that could make them a full-time believer, right? Like to, For anyone to believe in anything, they had to have some sort of moment where they started to believe it, right? Where, where someone convinced them and that could absolutely be you, that there, there is huge value in, in doing that and showing the value to keep them around. Yeah, especially if you're just starting out. I know when I was, I mean, I started out God, I'm going to show my age here in a second. I started out eight years ago doing social media for like this little wedding person. And she had no idea why she needed social media. Again, this was eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And once we, she started getting clients in because of her Instagram, she's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, shit, you're worth it. Let me, let me give me some more money. And I'm like, okay, perfect. And so that became just her helps me get more clients in because she was like talking to me about two other people mm. in her world. And so then I had somebody call me and was like, hey, could you do my social media? I see what you're doing for Alyssa and she's climbing in numbers right now. So I would love to work with you too. And so even if you're just working with one person and they're not really seeing the need for it and then they're seeing the need, I promise you they will talk t- about you to other people and you'll get more people in. Yeah, that's so true. I think a lot of people will maybe hear things from people who are far longer into their business and try to operate the same way. And and you can't, when you're first starting out, you have to be a lot more scrappy, like just like you said, like figure it out and and prove it. And I I did the exact same thing. I was working for people that today I would never even try to work for, but I just wanted to get some some proof and some results. And I was doing so much more work than I was getting compensated for, but you you have to get that. And then you have to earn the luxury to uh, be more selective. And sometimes that's just going to come through grunting it out and getting some more results. Absolutely. Well, that is all of our tips and the struggles of working in social media. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've got way more struggles. And if you do, please let us know over on Instagram. Let us know over on our Facebook group. I'll link both of those in the show notes. And let us know 
Yeah, we would. We'll give you some of our favorite tips because we've been, Ben and I have been doing this for a really long time. I know. <laughs> yeah, so we've, we've been, regardless of where you are, like for almost anyone listening to this, we've probably been in that situation. So yeah. the whole reason for this show and the, a lot of the content we create is to help you. So don't be shy. Let us know how we can best serve you and we will make that happen. Yeah. Ask any and all questions because trust us, we've we've had all of those questions yeah. you've you currently have. Hundred percent. So who is your flick feature of the week? Yes. So today's flick feature is somebody who I'm fortunate to say has become a friend that I purely met through social media. And he, he is his name is Mike Rama and he runs a an agency called Brands Meet Creators. And so essentially it's fairly straightforward. He connects brands that want to be active on TikTok or social media and then helps them find creators to either do sponsored content or to create user-generated content. So he has a free newsletter that is, I think it's just at brandsmeetcreators.com. And so if you're a creator or a social media manager, anyone with any following whatsoever, even if you don't really have a following and you can create UGC, there's a ton of weekly brand opportunities that you can apply to and get some, some paid content opportunities as well. So that's Mike Rama. I believe he's just m-i-k-e-r-a-m-a on tiktok and instagram but if you type him up he'll be the one you find and then his agency is brands meet creators and you can definitely get some brand opportunities there i i'm subscribed to it and i see a ton of really cool opportunities that i never would have found on my own so definitely go subscribe to the newsletter and go follow mike he's awesome that's amazing well, thank you all so much for listening. Give us a five-star review if you license. It also helps people find us, which we love. And you know what? I'll just love you if you do it. Also, be sure to follow us over on Instagram. We are at flick.social on TikTok at flick.social. And then is over on YouTube. What is the YouTube handle? So if you just type in flick hashtags, you'll find us. But I believe the full channel name is flick hashtag and analytics tool. Let me find the exact <laughs> word. It's definitely a bit wordy. But if you just type in, yeah, it's to the, the full channel name is flick Instagram hashtag and analytics. <laughs> so t- if you just type in flick or flick hashtags, you'll find us. You will. Ben does some great educational videos over there. He's done a TikTok SEO. He does social media news for the week. And he just does a whole bunch of interesting, great content. So please follow us over there. And we will catch you next week. Bye. See See ya.